Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams, and you're listening to episode 27. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming back for another episode, unless of course this is your first episode, in which case I wanted to say welcome. Thank you so much for uh, somehow stumbling upon this. I hope that you don't turn it off. Hope you enjoy it. This podcast, once again, is all about hunting stories, Uh, and tonight's could be a very interesting one. Normally, I know how the the podcast interview goes because I've already done it, but this podcast is actually going to be recorded uh, as we go. By that, I mean it's about 11, uh, 10 p.m. I'm sitting in my car in a parking lot waiting for a guy to come pick me up and we're going to go coyote hunting all night long. Uh, His name is Ben Cunningham. I've hunted with him once before and uh, Ben is a super cool guy. Uh, He started following Shedding Light Outdoors a couple years back and he's local but I've never actually been able to connect with the guy. Uh, We just always have kind of been busy and haven't been able to get together to hunt and uh, stayed in contact with him. Well, a couple weeks ago, I, I saw that this guy is killing a lot of coyotes, and I wanted to know how he was doing it, and I wanted him to come on the show. Well, instead of just him coming on, he said, why don't you come out and go on a hunt with me? And so we did that. I won't tell you exactly how that went. I'll be able to share a little bit of that as we go along. But anyway, Ben's coming to pick me up. I'm going to go for round two with him and his buddy Axel, and we're going to hit some local farms, a lot of coyote nuisance calls. He gets calls all the time from farmers wanting him to come out and, and even the score a little bit. And, and take out some of these coyotes that are giving trouble. So anyway, uh, so we're going to go through the night and we might get something, we might get nothing, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun and you guys are going to meet a cool guy named Ben Cunningham. So uh, next next part of the interview, hopefully it'll be him picking me up unless he, he forgot me. So we'll, we'll see. Here we go. All right, guys, I'm in the truck. He didn't forget me. Uh, so uh, I'm here with Ben Cunningham and his friend Axel. And uh, just had a pretty good <laughs> first set. So, Ben, introduce yourself real quick. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Actually, you too. Uh, Axel Robinson. Uh, hunt coyotes. Uh, been hunting coyotes with Ben for about 10 years, off and on. Uh, love night hunting. Well, I'm uh, Ben Cunningham. Um, like I said, we've, we've hunted coyotes for a long time, but got into the uh, strictly night hunting stuff here. Uh, really over the last year and uh i work at a at a uh polymer plant and work shift work so hobby that fits in kind of when i'm on or off for nights or days or whatever you can kind of put it in fit it in as needed and um took it up because of that got got a lot of got four four little kids and wife and baseball and everything else so nighttime offers an opportunity a lot of people miss out on so yeah absolutely i thought that was kind of cool i mean the first time i went out i didn't know exactly how long we'd be out and i didn't tell my wife and so uh <laughs> so she calls me at 3 30 saying where are you because i just went out with a guy i'd never met before we're going out in the dark to hunt so I, I think she thought i was you know killed or something myself so yeah don't uh don't put a date with this podcast because we told our wives we're doing drywall work so <laughs> <laughs> So we just had a pretty awesome, I mean, we just did better on that first set than what we did on our entire night. So uh, give us a run down there, Axel. What just went down? I uh, had two dogs coming in, charging hard, uh, about 800 yards out. Uh, 
Ben got him to stop with a howl and let him have it. Yeah, so we got two dogs down. So for guys that have never done this before, like me, I'm kind of a rookie, obviously, only my second night out. What all equipment is involved in this? What kind of guns, scopes? How do you go out and uh, get these coyotes like that? Well, I mean, your your equipment is kind of, uh, it varies like any, any other sport. There's a lot of different options um, as far as which direction you want to head. You've got a normal like green phosphorus or um, regular night vision um, that you can use or you can go with an IR like a thermal scope and that's what we run the most of and the benefits to that is the rec you see stuff a lot quicker um, from a lot but more distance and you know where we live is not I wouldn't call it overly populated there's not big cities or anything like that but um, there is a lot of farms we hunt mostly farms which is kind of what we're geared up behind so it's nice to be able to tell what animals are what and where fences are and with a thermal also you can see gas lines um a lot of berea wells and you know smaller wells and small holding tanks around here you can see all those really well see the level in the tank you know the temperature change there so it's it's really a good option for being able to see the animals fairly quickly but also it's a safer option with you know um when you're hunting an area, you know, every farm's a couple hundred acres and every one of those farms has multiple buildings and tanks and um, different animals there and things like that. So it kind of um, is a good way to just keep it all in check. Um, as far as calibers or rifles and things like that, uh, the sky's the limit. A lot, of, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on that, but um, it, it depends on where you live too. Down south, out west, you know, where you can see flat for a long ways um, you know the flatter faster rifles really come into play and um, up here you know we have plenty of opportunities past 300 yards but the, you know with the hills and hollows and the way everything lays around here most of your shots are going to be 300 and in and we try to bring them in as close as we can um, you know so especially we always set up to where we have a good backdrop of hillside or whatever and just like that set there you know they came out of flat bottom and um, all the way and then once they started up into that ravine we had a hill behind them you know they're coming uphill to us so the hills directly downhill with a hill behind it and you know got them stopped at 100 yards which is dead on hold and, you know try to take the highest percentage shot possible because they start getting educated every time they leave a call without being killed so yeah, absolutely so we'll, we'll get into some maybe some of your guys' favorite stories here in a little bit after our next set here. Um, but I want to ask, so how, how do you even get permission to hunt some of these places that you're going? Is you get nuisance calls, or how does that all go down real quick? Well, we're both from, you know, the area that we hunt the majority of the time. Um, so as we, you know, as we got started, it was a lot of ground that we already hunt. And actually, that's what piqued uh, Radish and I's interest the most initially was the fact that you know, we, we have a deer lease in Hackney, and, and it's, it's a fairly large chunk of property, and, you know, we're managing it for whitetails. We were bow hunters, and that was our big thing, and one year, it seemed like out of the blue, it was like the whole place, like, you know, we weren't getting fawns on camera, the does were real skittish, everything was nighttime, and we, we don't pressure anything out there, and we couldn't make sense of it, so then all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, season rolls around early fall, and we're, we're going out checking things and every time we're out we're seeing coyotes so we realized we had a problem and we're like well you know everybody shoots a coyote when they see one and they're deer hunting stuff anyway 
what are we going to do to solve this? So the first one, are we snared and stuff? And then you just can't keep up with it. You know, working a job, having a family, it's hard to trap just time-wise. Um, so we, we got into night hunting, and that's where we kind of started. And so we had the lease there, and then where we live, I mean, it's broke up into farms everywhere. And so we started down that route, you know, just checking in with the farmers that we already hunt on doing other stuff. And um, by the time we were done with that, we had quite a big chunk, and we hunted for a while and started to actually, you know, put up some numbers with it and become effective and yeah you, um, you get, that was what what number do we just hit right there i'm thinking that's 103 and four or two and three one two somewhere three. somewhere less than a hundred less than 105 and over 100 since <laughs> so, since this past january starting january 1st this year yeah holy cow so, we, we started in july last last year is when we got our first thermals and uh like the first of july so actually this is, is this first of july yeah, yeah. July first. Yeah. Oh wow. So, kind of an anniversary here with that, I guess. But we're somewhere, somewhere between 100 and 200 since then. But I know we started putting tally marks down January first, and that's 103 there. I think was where we finished up on that set. So yeah. But let's, let's go see if we can get three more here. How about it? Yeah, and real quick on the <laughs> nuisance line, I kind of forgot the second half of your question, but that's kind of where we're at now. Is once once people started seeing us being effective. You know, we realized how much of a problem coyotes were for people, I guess, because we, my, you know, my phone rings off the hook, um, you know, multiple times through the week. Hey, I'm, I'm missing lambs. Hey, my calves are being pestered. Hey, you know, just different instances. And now I, I would say we probably collectively between all of us working different days and shit, different shifts and then sometimes hunting together, we probably spend... 30 hours 35 hours a week hunting and um i'd say at least half of that is ate up at this point just by nuisance calls nice. so it's it's a hobby that we can do you know year round as well as um you know we're helping farmers out and they appreciate that so it gains hunting ground at the same time it's a pretty good gig so all right well we're going to hit another set here that's what you call whenever you set up everything real quick see if we can get knocked down a couple more and we'll come back maybe hit uh some of your guys's favorite favorite stories so far all right, we've had two more sets, not a whole lot of success, and uh, but we're back in the truck here, headed down to the next set, and I uh, thought I'd ask you guys, any uh, hunts stand out to you? Any out of, it's probably all a blur, but after you've gone after and killed like 103 coyotes, any stories just kind of rise to the top? Oh, there's a few different ones that are starting to stand out a little bit. Um, I don't know, when I think of the hunts, I've... Um, you know, sometimes it equates to kills. Sometimes, you know, you get like junior high girls and you're goofing around and everything goes wrong. But I specifically can think of um, we were out with a buddy of ours that there's about there's about four of us that sometimes a couple guys will go with us or whatever. And one guy he said he had you know he said I got this nice farm to hunt. You know, it's got a lot of open ground, should be set up perfect. So well, we can go try it out. That seems like it's on the way to to where we're headed. And um, so we went out, and it was. It was nice and flat, you know. We pull in this driveway, and to you know, goes back between a few fields, and we can see, you know, we step out, kind of scan with thermal, and you can see that there's kind of a, um, like a secluded field back in the back. And uh, usually something that's kind of tucked away in private's going to end up being pretty good. So we... You know, he told us, he said, let's head on back there. So we we start walking, and we 
we get up in there and, and then we're like there's nowhere to go but across this gate and as we we cross the gate and we start through a pasture field that lay between the two fields and it was it just rained some but not bad but it was you know it was one or two in the morning dew was setting in and we start across this field and through the thermals distance uh is, takes a little bit to start learning distance and uh judging it but we started through there and by the time we got walking and realized we're in waist high grass and uh you know starting to get really wet and it didn't take long at all everybody soaked and we didn't know there was all these different swales and it's to the parking lot and um all these different swales and stuff so we're soaked we can't figure out where to set up and uh finally we found this little high spot and we were in tall grass but um we were also um 555 no 550 gotcha <laughs> like we're on 550 we're trying to figure out where we're going here and do this podcast at the same time it's a little tricky oh way to go now we just gave away all our good hunting <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow so we get out in there and we're um you know we're up in this tall grass everybody's soaked and uh we get set up and we turn the call on and you can't see right right around us very well but we're 50 yards from that big open field we can see it well and we're scanning and um i hear uh axel you know say i, I think i or I, actually it was me i spun around and i thought i'd seen something but um kind of didn't pan out i didn't see anything for a while i was scanning that area and axle had spun around there you're gonna take over for a minute so i can drive here but he spun around i think would you see that coyote coming through cows or something yeah it's coming through a through a big herd of cattle in that tall grass and it just kind of bouncing back and forth and uh finally it stopped and i was it was within 60 yards so it wasn't a whole lot of time to get everybody spun around there and try and all get a shot and make sure we get it down anyhow i uh I shoot and coyote disappears back through the grass. I think, ah, oh, it's good. Cows kind of all bunch up around it, and uh, I finally walk up there to try and find this coyote, which is, I can't ever find it. So uh, we decide to call call the set, and we back out. And uh, so we're walking back through all this grass, and uh, so uh, we're getting ready to cross back over the gate. Ben's the first one to try and cross the gate here, and uh, he just misjudges distance, or, well, he thinks that there's a hole there, but uh, falls, I mean, just falls hard, scope smacks him right in the side of the head, <laughs> and uh, we all get crossed over, and everybody's just sitting there wanting to be like, well, what happened? Did you uh, get hit with something? So anyhow, uh, set was a bust, never found the coyote, and I must have missed it, but uh, it was... Uh, we, we made more mistakes. I, it's, it's you go through a long learning curve trying to figure all this out. And, uh, it's crazy the things you experience. I know like that, you know, just something as simple as stepping over a gate, do it a hundred times a night. And that time it was something about the ground or the moon or the shadows or something. Uh, the ground was about, uh, two foot below where I thought it was coming off of that gate. And the next thing you know, you got calls coming off your shoulders and wrapped up around your head <laughs> soaking wet you're like what why are we walking around in the middle of the night doing this but that's uh that's one of the ones that sticks in your in our head um there's a lot of stories that um 
start out and end pretty quick with uh, Axel forgetting to load his gun before the coyote comes in. <laughs> as well. I think this corn's going to be, might be too high to get this uh, right here on the right. Take a break here for a minute until we figure out where we're going. Yeah. All right, we're going to pause for a second and kind of figure out where our next set's at and get well, it's five till three, and we just had a, another set that uh, we saw one, but couldn't get a shot. Then came in, turned around, went back the other way. So let me ask you guys, close encounters. You know, I know that you're trying to get them in close. How close have you been able to get them, and uh, how's all that worked out? Uh, the one thing about coyotes is they're always unpredictable. That's the only thing they're predictable about. So it, it varies. Um, I just actually three nights ago I had a uh, did a hunt radish radish was off we started late and there was a new farm that I just gotten um, guy had a bunch of sheep been having some issues so we got out there and went behind the barn started in when we got out there to look it's like 60 acres of hay it's huge and none of it was cut but we were already there and we will at least do some how and check see what's around you know there was coyotes popped out all corners of that field and uh, one of them just instantly turned and was headed at us through a swale and we were on the only road that went in there um, so we're watching it come up the swale in front of us um, that intersects the road we're on and by road it's just a little two-track farm road that hadn't been driven yet this year so it still had hay in it but you know when they're in this hay now it's close to waist high you just see them bouncing and here and there and kind of keep track of them and so we're both focused on this coyote and it's close right at about 200 yards now and we're talking about while it's still up there on a high spot going ahead and taking that shot um when we can get it stopped and get it clear and just something like twitched through the bottom of my scope and i like looked down and saw it and then i couldn't see it and then i actually scanned right there and there just happened to be another one i don't know where it come from but it was it was in about 15 feet when I saw it and um, I said something to Radish and we both scanned down and it was there happened to be a turn in the path there and when it come around I mean it was a split second and we shot it there point blank and then tried to get the other one too we missed it but the uh, that was my closest other than then one hunt which uh, I posted the video on it, it it's uh, worth taking a look at I, I it's a different situation since we've gotten these problem calls you kind of surprises you what people call about i mean you have your your lambs and calves and chickens as chicken seems to be a pretty common one but goats well that first double we killed the night was was uh right right in a goat pasture and um that guy had called me for that reason but this one was uh, not really any animals it was the guy had a, a really nice place and um his, his driveway runs right up through the middle of it and his daughter um lives on one side and he lives on the other it's probably three acres of yard is all it is very nice kept place nice pond in the middle of it and right off the main road so he called me and um i didn't know know him particularly but we knew some people in common and so I showed up, happens to be pretty close to where I work, and uh, introduced myself, and um, he introduced himself, and we, we kind of talked through what was going on, and basically um, the coyotes were just kind of, had inhabited his yard there, I guess, and um, so he was explaining, you know, what was around and different things, and right there, 
um, he told me his granddaughters played outside in the little creek that goes through and um, you know they're always out there he did have one dog but he kept it inside other than you know taking it to walk or letting it go to the bathroom so he's like I just don't feel comfortable that they've settled in this close to the house and they're really just kind of, kind of always there and um, he's like I heard you're the guy to call and I said well I, I said I do a lot of it but I'm like it's pretty close quarters in here you know it's I, I know I'll wake you up if I'm out in the middle of the night or whatever and he said I, I don't care about that just let me know when you're coming and um, we'll make it happen so we um, we I picked a night there I think it was two nights later and just happened to be uh, I was working date or uh, yeah day turn and uh, no night turn and I get off at three in the morning I thought well it's, it's just a mile from work I'll stop on my way through and do a set and see what it was I, I got out of the truck and uh, parked down the road a little ways and walked in and I'm going up the driveway and I didn't really have the best wind it was kind of hitting me right in the face blowing back out and didn't really have any way to set up where I could see behind me so I, I thought you know I'm gonna drop a call walk on in a ways just leave the call back behind me and see you know if something tries to circle or whatever and use the small open area I did to my advantage and so I got up in there and set the call back and I was probably 50 yards past the call and I um, so I flipped the call on uh, rabbit distress and uh, I finished locking my gun into my tripod and straight out the end of the yard and like I said it's about three acres there straight out the end of the yard I, I, here comes two coyotes just on a dead death charge you know right at me and I'm like alright man that, that's quick you know and I think I was 40 seconds in and I was just finishing tightening down my tripod so I went ahead and clicked the film button on my scope and settled in and I'm watching these two things come in and you know you, if they're focused enough on a call or you have a decoy or a lot of times you'll have to stop them you know when they're in a convenient spot to shoot and we do that by whistling or barking or um, you know different ways just something quick to catch their attention and they usually will lock up for a second uh, those, those coyotes had already closed to about 100 yards and uh, it's kind of a comfort zone there right at you know 75 to 125 is it's just a, a nice a nice shot so I went ahead and barked and, and they didn't even flinch I mean they just kept trucking right along and I thought well we're gonna be a little closer this time you know and they're both still in the scope but they were getting kind of spread far apart and, and I barked again and that one the closest one didn't stop and I thought gee many Christmas you know we're getting get a little close here and then uh I barked a third time and he still did not stop and by that time I, I went ahead and clicked the safety off and decided I was just going to have to kill him on a trot because he was, he was a little faster in the trot and he's coming pretty good and um, I wasn't in a position to let him go past me and then shoot and about that time he hopped up onto the driveway which I was standing on and um, you can see it really well in the um, video left. You can see it really well in the video, um, but he he just hopped up on that driveway when he did. He was so focused on that call. Here I am standing there, and he he's looking right past me to that call. And by the time I got down, I had to kind of stand on my tiptoes because he was so close to get the gun tilted. By the time I got it down, I I pulled the trigger. I got on his chest, on the front of his chest, um, and was swinging. And I pulled the trigger, and 
and I got it done. But when he came by me, he was less than about three, four feet off me on that driveway. So, and I, I was, it was funny because I was in work clothes and, you know, from uh, the plant and I got home and we don't, we take them in there to wash them. And I realized when I was, went in there that there was blood sprayed across my pants and I'm like, holy cow, that was a lot closer than I even thought it was. So he, he all but ran over me and it was kind of, I think the guy's biggest concern was his granddaughters and he ran by me a few yards and, and kind of turned into the yard and piled up there and where, where he died ended up being underneath their swing set and uh so i and then i kind of pulled myself together after all that and got to looking around and i'm like oh my goodness i just it, it's a blacktop driveway and i looked down and there's blood like just you know kind of going across the driveway so i feel horrible and, it's three in the morning, so you can't really call anybody or do anything. So I was pacing around my house till about six was as long as I could stand it. And I texted him and I said, uh, you know, Mr. So-and-so, here's the situation. I, was, I hate for your granddaughters to wake up for school and, uh, you know, not know what's going on and see all that. So he said, uh, oh, no problem. They're super excited. I already showed them the picture she sent me and, you know, this and that and the other. And. And I said, well, I, I, uh, well, I forgot about the second close one that you were there for, Axel. We, I said, well, I said, the one thing I do know for sure is, you know, we put a, a little bit of a dent in the problem, but it's definitely not solved. You know, there was, there was two there. We, I, you know, I was by myself. I only got a shot at the one. And I think it was about a week later, uh, Axel and Radish and I three, all three, I think I was headed to, yeah, I was headed to work and they were getting off work or vice versa but anyhow um we'd all met up for this one set and it was just across the road from his driveway because there's there's actually a field there and um we were actually going to try to see what we could do over there you know because they have such a big range and um i guess you can tell that part there axel on on that uh one there that come up out of the cattle so we walk out this uh actually drive clear up into the back of this old pit and uh we get up there and on the on our phones when looking through the on the map it looks like there's a big opening well it's actually pretty brushy now it hasn't been taken care of and there's cattle in there the trees growing up from every single little run and side hollow too so we find this one gap to set up in it's maybe 75 yards is open and uh ben turns the call on dogs light up uh big male lit up out out in front of us he couldn't have been more than 100 yards in the brush but a dog comes up straight up out through the cattle and i'm guessing maybe 20 yards and uh i hit record and i was just recording i was on the offside so i didn't have a shot because there was cattle in the way and uh ben and radish had clean shots and uh i got it on film and it they knocked it down right there real close yeah that that was it's funny how you kind of get in sync with a partner when you're hunting a lot and we've i know i have a coyote mounted at my house that um <laughs> another kind of weird situation but we were trying out a new farm and it was snow i mean blowing snow sideways and um that we were scanning around we just turned the call on and i just happened to look past radish to the right with my naked eye you know there was snow on the ground to check and see what direction he was scanning in so i was making sure we had everything covered and I could see one running by there, and I tapped him and said, right there. It was like 40 yards to 
you know, my right, his left. And so he spins and it got past him before he get around. So I spun that way and I shot it. And at that time, here come another one flying through the scope closer. And as I don't even know where they come from, really, we were in an open field, but it's, it's funny how, um, night hunting is because you can't see everything until you're in the scope. And when you're in scope, you're so focused on certain areas and yeah. all of a sudden you can be surprised pretty quick. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're at the next set. So, uh, we'll see if we get something. Hopefully, you know, I wouldn't mind shooting something, but I'm hoping it's a hundred yards and just kind of stand there broadside. It's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> might be a little bit easier. I'm not sure about that 20 yard business. I was so. a little bit worried about bringing you after the last time. I thought you're bad luck, and then we yeah. walked right into a double. And yeah, yeah, it worked changed out. me, but I'm yeah. veering back the other. Yeah, day. we got to turn it around right here. All right. All right. Well, the first set was awesome tonight. Uh, had a bunch of dogs barking and got the two down, and then the rest just did not pan out. Didn't see much else, but had a fun time with these guys. Thanks, guys, for letting me come along and. Gonna go get a little. What time is it now? It's like 4 a.m. Something like that. We're right against 4. Yeah. Yeah. So might be time to get a little bit of sleep, but we'll have to hit it again here in a couple couple nights. So how how often are you guys going? Well, it depends. And we work. I work swing shift, so my schedule changes, you know, around, and I switch back and forth days to nights. So fortunately now, though, I work three to three. So if I'm going, I I hunt almost every day. Just um, a lot of times, maybe just one set, but. If I'm getting off at 3 a.m., I usually hunt till, you know, it's about time for her and the kids to get up, and I'll get get there for breakfast and get them awake. And um, if I'm working uh, day turn, I get up usually an hour too early and uh, head in that way. And then, you know, I have stretches of breaks because I work 12-hour shifts. So when I'm on break, I usually hunt, a, you know, longer nights or put a lot more hours in but i'm you know somewhere around 30 hours a week plus i'd say is what we put in and that's that's one of the biggest differences that i don't think you know people see pictures posted on facebook or see our numbers or something and they think that you know it's, it's easy yeah. hop in the truck we get out and shoot coyotes or something and it's yeah and it, i mean there's nights where you know every set's going to produce and nights where they're more active than others and then there's 10 days of full moon you know every so often that you know you just struggle and struggle and struggle to get one or two to show themselves enough because they're so funny about being out in the light like that and well, let me let me ask you one more question before i i hop out here uh what's the most that you guys have gotten tonight that's that should be an easy one to answer i know you and radish killed five we killed five in one night that was uh yeah and then well, how many did we killed that one weekend? It was two nights. Uh, nine. Nine. Yeah, it was Friday, Saturday. We killed nine. I was thinking there was a night we killed seven, and I'm trying to pinpoint when that was. Oh, when I hunted the Eastern. Yeah, and when I hunted the Eastern, um, which was a big tournament they do, check-in in Virginia. We hunted that weekend in a blizzard, and um, I know Friday night the weather was like real even and we called in one coyote it was terrible I was scared to death is when we had check in you know sunday morning and early and then the blizzard started five o'clock hmm. saturday evening and i called in 19 coyotes before we had to leave for check-in oh, wow. at 5 a.m to be in virginia so we ended up killing seven of those that's when that was so. 
Well, guys, thanks for letting me tag along. I appreciate it, and we'll have to have you back on sometime. I'm sure you got some other stories up your sleeve with that many coyotes down. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll get after them. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed going out with those guys. It was definitely um, a little bit better than the first time because that first set was awesome. Uh, what happened, uh, we just kind of got out to this spot, and those guys, as soon as they get out of the truck, they got the scopes up. They're looking through their scopes, and we get up there, and they see a bunch of different black dots. And, and just what's cool about it is everything kind of looks like snow, and then anything that's got giving off heat, you know, with it being a thermal scope, it shows up as just a black dot or black, you know, black outline of an animal, and it just allows you to see super well. And so they called, and I had a coyote down to my left, and they were kind of scanning to the right. And I had this coyote to my left, but he wasn't coming in real fast. And they had those two that he said started at 800, and they closed the distance, and they just kept coming, coming, coming. So finally, I swung on them, and uh, I think we probably got that. Well, all three of us were recording. That's the beauty of those scopes is that uh, every scope you can hit the record button on. But anyhow, long story short, um, then he stopped him, and I should have taken the shot. I, I had it right on the, the chest of the kite, and you're supposed to kind of aim a little bit to the left to drop him, you know, take out a shoulder and just put him down. Well, I was just about to, to squeeze it off, and uh, that's whenever Axel shot his to the right. And so that one of mine started taking off running, and we all started cracking at it. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll get that video as soon as they send it to me. I'll put that up, and you can watch it. But uh, long story short, I did not get that coyote. I think I shot two or three times. Axel ended up making a beautiful running shot on this, this coyote, and so we got two down. So it was just cool to be there and witness it, and then I uh, had some fun on the rest of the sets. But, you know, the thing that I, I just kind of got to think about there on my way home, just pulled my driveway, it's, it's 4.26 a.m., uh, most people don't get a hunt like this and experience, you know, nighttime hunting because you can't see. You know, it's kind of obvious, but it's dark out. And uh, But you, you pull up that thermal scope, and all of a sudden, you're able to see a lot better. And I, th I was just thinking about a verse in Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 4.13 says that nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. You know, it, it, it's just plain as day. So, you know, that, that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. <laughs> um, I think the verse itself is kind of talking about how, you know, God sees uh, the, the deeds of God, people and sometimes people do some bad things. So it kind of makes you think about just what you do. Um, the fact that nothing that you do is hidden from God. So uh, the choices you make, he sees. But it also can be an encouragement. You know, sometimes you can feel like, you know, nobody's watching out for you, that nobody's got your back, that nobody's around, you know, and the fact is God sees. Um, God is able to see through the darkness and, and it just lights up. Nothing is hidden from him. So I don't know if that's something that would be scary to you because you don't want God to see what you're doing or, or maybe it might be an encouragement to you because you want you want to have a God <laughs> that's kind of got your back and, and watching out for you and he knows the struggles that you're going through. He knows the people that are trying to take shots at you. Um, you know, so I, I don't know how you take that tonight, but uh, anyway, uh, that, that's how I'm going to just wrap it up and, and encourage you just to think about those things a little bit there so i'm going to go ahead and wrap it up because i'm, I'm tired and i'm sitting outside my house now and going to go inside and, and get in bed and get a little bit of sleep so thank you guys for listening and remember to shed the light